Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Good morning, Believer's Church. Hey, in case you're wondering, um, I hurt myself working out. Uh, Not this Thursday, the Thursday past then. And uh, I was just doing... uh, bike riding on a stationary bike in my basement. I did about 35, 40 minutes. Then I decided to do these sprints. I, they call them Tabata. 20-second sprint, 10-second rest, 20-second sprint, 10-second rest, 20-second sprint, 10-second rest. You do about eight sets of them. I just felt so good. I, I went crazy on those sprints, and I added more sets. And I got off, and my knee was really sore. But being a guy, I didn't do anything about it. And so I just kept going. And... Uh, by last Sunday, I began to limp, and I still didn't do anything. And then Thursday, I was limping real bad this past Thursday, and then my knee buckled, and I couldn't place any weight on it whatsoever. So Friday, I had to go to the doctors. And thankfully, he said, uh, everything's, my meniscus is fine, my cartilage is fine. I just really, really severe pull of some ligaments in the back of the, the knee. So uh, my, my therapy is uh, Advil. Uh, ice packs and uh, keeping the weight off of it and, and elevating it. So I just can't stand without crutches right now and keep me in your prayers. But hey guys, I want to welcome you to a place where anything is possible. I want to welcome you to the series Believe Land. And if you're visiting today, I am so excited you're here. What a great weekend for you to be here. Now, Jesus ran into a desperate father in the Bible. And when I read the story, I think of myself and how I would have been the same. I think about all the moms in here and how you would have been the same. Uh, We all would have been the same. And this father had a son who nobody could help. And the way he asked Jesus was he said, if you can, if you can, would you heal my son? And I love the response. In Mark 9, 23, it says this. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And we thought, you know what? Let's make this a place where we begin to think anything's possible. If God's promised it, if God said it, it is possible to happen in each and every one of our lives. And we thought, let's do a series. Let's theme it around this documentary called Believe Land that uh, ESPN did. And when Jesus taught, he always used stories, and he would use these stories, we call them parables, and he would bring forth a spiritual truth with a story, and I thought, whoa, what an incredible story we can use and wrap this around, because the city of Cleveland, they went 52 years without any of their sports franchise, their professional sports franchise, winning a championship. The Indians, the Browns, uh, The Cavs, never, ever, 52 years, no championships. The last time was when Cleveland Browns beat the Baltimore Colts in 1962. I was a young guy, guys. And in my lifetime, I don't ever remember a championship in our city. And so they make this documentary. And the main part of the documentary is they talk about all the failures, the shots, 
uh, the shot that uh, Jordan took, the, the fumble that Biner made, you know, and all those things that we all so remember. This is before the Cavs won last year. It came out. But they brought a lot of hope into it. And it was amazing, the hope that they brought into it. And the reason they brought hope into this was because of LeBron James. And he's not, I'm not comparing him to Jesus, but uh, Nike, did, Nike did this ad campaign with him. And the phrase is, we are all witnesses. And I, I'm sure all of us have seen either on a shirt or you go to downtown Cleveland for a game and you see this uh, poster up in downtown, we are all witnesses. And here's the thought. We now have a player, he's considered the best active player in the world. No one's considered to be better than him right now on the planet. Now, there's a lot of arguments whether uh, Jordan was better and that type of thing, but we're not talking about that. The best, planet, the best player on the planet currently, he, he's a freak of nature at the highest level, and uh, it began to bring hope. So Nike thought, let's do this campaign. So they started it in 2007, but then LeBron went to Miami in 2010, and they, sus they, they suspended the campaign, but he came back in 2014. They started the campaign up again, and in 2015, we went to the NBA uh, uh, finals, and best of seven games, we were swept in four games. We were humiliated, but we had two of our key players that were hurt, right? And so we came back in 2015, and we were ready, uh, or 2016, we were ready. We thought, we can do this, and then we were down three to one, and no team ever in NBA history in the finals have ever come back from a 3-1 deficit. But game five out in Oakland with the Warriors, um, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving both scored 41 points, and we won game five. They thought they were going to close us out. And the first time in NBA history that two players on the same team ever scored 41 points or more. And then we came back here game six. We kicked their dupas, and then we went back there in game seven, right? And we won. And I really believe, I'm convinced, uh, just knowing and being connected to the sports here in, in Northeast Ohio, that we had faith building in our hearts that we're going to have a championship. And last year, for those of you that are fans, I mean, that was a lot of tension, right? That was a lot of pressure. I couldn't, I couldn't even watch some of the games. It was so intense. I had to come in after every quarter and turn it back on and watch the quarter if I knew we did okay. I'm so competitive. It was tough on me. So, so it was amazing what happened, and I really believe a big part of it was that faith and that belief that was built into the hearts of the Cavs by a guy named LeBron. And we're going to use a lot of par uh, parallels just to bring out spiritual truth. So every time I teach, I have a big idea for a lesson. Here's my big idea for this lesson. It goes like this. Believing is seeing. And we know that that, that is not the saying that's out there. We know the saying is seeing is believing. We know its cousin saying is, I'll believe it when I see it. But biblically speaking, if you read your Bible, you know this. The Bible teaches that believing is seeing because God's given us two sets of eyes. We have these. God wants us to use them. He wants us to rely on them. He doesn't want us to deny uh, reality. This is not mind over matter, but God does want us to understand he's given us another set of eyes in here, our spirit man, and it has a set of eyes, and the way it sees is by believing and this set of eyes is every bit as powerful as this set of eyes. And this set of eyes can supersede what this set of eyes sees. It's absolutely amazing. 
So I had these, this, these notes ready for lesson one, and my son emailed me, Joe, and he said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. He said, coming in and out of the Cavs locker room in the hallway, he said, guess what phrase they have in the hallway? And here's the phrase, if you can believe it, you can see it. And I thought, somebody in the Cavs organization is very biblical. I mean, this is Bible here. I mean, if you can believe it, you can see it. And I, I was watching the uh, Eastern Championship Finals. We were playing Boston. They were the number one seed. We had to play the first two games at their home court. We killed them the first game. We killed them the second game. So I'm listening to Charles Barkley and Shaq and Ernie and, and Kenny the Jet, and they're commentating after the game, you know, post-game. And, and Charles said this. He said, you can look at Boston. You can see it in their eyes in their body language that they don't believe they can beat Cleveland. They don't believe they can win. Then, then, then Shaq threw in, and they all threw in. And I'm sitting there thinking, these are biblical principles that these guys are talking about. Um, you have to see it in these eyes to have some things happen uh, in order to pass some barriers. And that's what the Cavs did. That's what we want to talk about today. Here's a cool story. Um, Ten years ago, I was in a restaurant. I'm out of town. I'm by myself. I ordered a meal that cost about nine bucks and some cents. So I figured my check would be about $10 and some odd cents. So I eat my meal. The waitress brings my check, and she walks away. I pick my check up, and I'm, shock. I'm in shock because my check says $18.88. Well, I'm out of town, and no one knows I'm Pastor Joe, but I'm working on being kind and letting the fruit of God come out of me, the love of God. So I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to act like a Christian here. So I waved her down, and, uh, and she came over. I said, ma'am, I said, I'm sure it's just a, a, a mistake. I said, uh, what I ordered was about 9 bucks. I said, my bill is $18.88. And I said, somebody made a mistake. And she said, oh, sir. She goes, you're right. Somebody did make a mistake. Let me have your check. So she takes my check. She looks at it. Then she looks at me. She looks at it again. Then she looks at me. Then she begins to laugh at me. She started laughing. I said, what's, what's so funny? She said, sir, this says $10.66. I said, no, it doesn't. It says $18.88. She said, no, it says $10.66. And she said, you know what? You need some reading glasses. That's when I discovered I needed reading glasses because zeros were eights and six were eights and they were all eights. And so that was 1888 to me. And so I have acquired some reading glasses, right? And then I learned if I forget them, I just open my phone, open the camera, and then I zoom and I do this and I can see without glasses. So if I ever forget them, I do that. Here's what I want to do today, guys. Believing the scene. I want to help all of us put on a, a, a better pair of glasses for these inner eyes. I, I want to help us be able to see more clearly than we've ever seen. And I know some of you, uh, you could get up here and teach this lesson and do a great job at it. But for all of us, myself included, man, as I prepared these notes, God opened up my inner eyes further. And I am so excited about this series. I'm so excited about today because believing is seeing. 
So Jesus is always trying to help us in this area. And I, here's the first time he helps somebody, okay, after his resurrection. He dies, he's buried, three days after he's resurrected, and then this event happens. So here's Jesus, nail holes in his hands, his side, and John 20, 24 reads this way. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Verse 25, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. In other words, seeing is believing. I'll believe it when I see it. Now, I, I, I refuse to get on Thomas's case. I am convinced if any of the other 11 disciples were missing, they would have done the same thing as Thomas. I'm convinced if you were to take me, put me in Thomas's shoes, take me back in time, knowing what he knew... Uh, the, the Old Testament in code let us know Jesus would raise from the dead, but it didn't say it outright. These guys didn't know it was in the Bible. If you would have placed me in Thomas's shoes, I would have said exactly the same thing. You know what people would say today? They'd be saying, don't be a doubting Joe. I'm, I'm telling you, it would be exactly the same for any one of us in this room. But Jesus wants to open up our eyes. Listen to John 20, 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now, you and I live in the beam me down, Scotty, beam me up, Scotty era. We live in the era of sci-fi and the X-Men. And, you know, the X-Men, there's some of them that can walk through walls. And I think when we read things like this, we, 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 don't, we don't stop and think, wait, that's science fiction. Nobody can walk through a wall. Nobody can transport can you imagine how freaked out they were when all of a sudden all the doors are locked, the windows are closed, and Jesus just appears? I mean, he wanted to open these eyes up for Thomas. And listen to what he says next, verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put, put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Yeah, sure, seeing is believing. But Jesus wants to turn it around now. Jesus wants to bring out the point, believing is seeing. And I love what he says next. And all of us, if we're Christians, and the majority of us are in this room, we've already tapped into it at least in one way. Listen to what verse 29 declares. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And here's what Jesus is saying. And all of us have already experienced it at one level. We have never been able to see Jesus with these eyes. We, we have never met him. But we are sitting here. We are following him. We believe he's the Savior. We're doing what he says. We're practicing the Bible. We're living the life. And we have never even met him. But what's happened? Believing is seeing. We see him down here. We know he's real. And that's what the Bible's bringing across. And I love what else Jesus said. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Every time you believe something God's declared, every time you step out on something God's declared, there's a blessing that comes. And here's my heart for this series. I want to take all of us up to another level of receiving the absolute supernatural blessings of God in our life, whether it's joy, it's peace, it's freedom in this area, freedom in that area. God wants to bring us to a place where we're experiencing freedom. And it happens when we begin to see with these eyes. And when you see with these eyes, it's really real. It's really real. Listen to this, Hebrews 11.1. 1. 
Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. Now, the second part's amazing. We can take the word faith out. We can place the word believing in. It's the same thing. And so it says believing gives us proof of what we cannot see. We can't see it with these eyes, but yet we see it here. And the word proof is an important word. That Greek word can also be translated uh, as evidence. And it's the same word in literature of that day, the same word they would use in regards to a court case where the prosecuting attorney or the, uh, the, the, uh, the other attorney where they would bring evidence before the judge, the smoking gun, and they would say, hey, this is evidence. They bring it before the judge, the jury, and they say, here's proof. And the evidence is a smoking gun. It's real. And that's what God's saying, believing is. You see it in here, and it's so real. It's like evidence in a court case. I want to help you remember this. This is a true story. Um, my daughter Deanna has a friend, and uh, her friend lives out of town. So her friend, when Deanna uh, has a birthday, she always sends her this birthday gift, and it's a Giordano's deep dish pizza from Chicago. And here's what it looks like, guys. It's an amazing pizza. Most of you are having pizza for lunch now, you know. It's different than the Chicago deep dish. Uh, deep dish is, isn't as, as deep. And then the difference here is it's a pie. It literally has a crust that goes over the top. And then they put sauce on the crust. It, it takes 45 minutes to cook. It's to die for. And here's the good news, guys. You can order it online and have it sent anywhere in the nation. So you can, you can go home and order some. So here we go. Here we go. It was in the freezer outside. She received three of them. Two of them were eaten. And one sat out there. It was out there in our freezer in the garage for about six months. And I knew they forgot about it. And one day, Gina decided, <laughs> Gina decided to go shopping. She took our three daughters, Aaron, Michelle, and Deanna. So they're somewhere in Cleveland shopping. I'm home all by myself, and I'm in the kitchen minding my own business, trying to eat good. And, and that pizza began to shout from the garage. It did. It said, I'm about to be frostbit, Joe. And if I'm frostbit, I can't do what I'm created for. I want to fulfill my purpose. I was created for you to taste me. And it's just screaming into my ears, and so I gave in like I usually do. And uh, I went out and got it. I cooked it. And guess what? I ate four pieces. And you can see there's six pieces in it. And a guy my age, big or small, a guy my age, two pieces would be plenty. Some students in this room, maybe three, maybe four if you're really active and growing. Four was a lot, and I was stuffed, but I had two pieces left. And I had to hide them because they were, they were evidence, right? If I put them in the fridge upstairs, Gina would see them. I couldn't put them outside because we go in and out of that freezer outside. And, but we have this little refrigerator in the basement with a little freezer. We never use it, but it's plugged in. And I went down there, and I put those two pieces in there. And four days later, no one was in the house, and I heated them up, and I ate them. Now, here's, here's my point. You ready for my point? I don't own any stock in Giordano's Pizza. Um, here's my point. As real as those two pieces of pizza would be if Gina opened the refrigerator, Deanna, they saw those two pieces in the fridge, as real as those two pieces are, that's what God's saying. When 
you believe something. When you hear something he says and you believe it, it's that real to these inner eyes, as real as two pieces of pizza. You, you, you can't deny it. No matter what these eyes say, you know I see it here. These eyes are telling me something different. It's amazing when you can see. And I just want to help you. Let's talk a little bit about putting the glasses on, all right? It's a simple thing. It's an awesome thing. Here's how you put it on. Here's how you create that evidence inside. And it's real simple. It goes like this. Hearing produces believing. You know, the Bible teaches us that when we hear what God says, when we read the promises, when we read our Bibles, that it literally, hearing the Bible literally produces believing. And what's believing? Believing is seeing. We put our glasses on by just spending time in the Bible. That's why here at Believers, we, we place so much emphasis on the Bible. We encourage you to read it during the week. Get yourself on a reading program of the Bible. Meditate on some of the promises. Read some of the promises over. Why? hearing is believing it produces it and so when you hear the word it changes everything here's here's a great scripture romans 10 17 says this so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god or when you read the bible it produces faith we could take the word faith out we would not change the scriptures and we could read so then believing comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We could take out the word faith. We could place the word seeing in there. We could say, so then seeing comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. These eyes open up and we see it and it becomes evidence as we just spend time in the Bible. And it's real. And sometimes God speaks something to our heart. Sometimes God will give us an assignment in our heart. And it's the most amazing thing. Uh, people will look at us and think, are you crazy? But God spoke it in here and we know I need to step out on that water. I need to do this. I can do this. It becomes that real to us. And when it's that real to us, all we need to do is make a connection to pull it in. And one of my favorite Bible stories in the whole world is the one with the woman who had the internal bleeding problem. It's an incredible story. Of course, she didn't know what it was. They didn't have MRIs. They didn't have x-rays. They could not do surgery back in Bible days. God's just letting us know what it is by the Spirit. He just had it written in there. She just knew, I've gone to every doctor I can go to. Not their fault. I've spent all my money, and I'm, I'm dying. I'm becoming weaker and weaker and weaker. And she was hopeless. Then the Bible says this, when she heard about Jesus, she heard about Jesus. Jesus was coming to her hometown. What did she hear about Jesus? Because believing comes by hearing, right? She heard that Jesus was declaring he was the son of God, he was a prophet, that he literally was cleansing leopards. Leprosy was a disease that could not be cleansed. You had to go into a colony, body parts would fall off over time, and it was a death sentence. He was healing leopards. He was giving sight to blind people. He was giving hearing to deaf people. He was raising the dead. She heard he was doing all that, and it caused these eyes to light up in here, and she believed. And here's what the Bible says. When she heard about Jesus, she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And first time ever in Bible history that somebody made that kind of connection, believing something, and said, that's how I'm going to receive it from God. 
And she just thought, of, I don't need him to pray for me. I just need to touch his clothes. Well, here he is in town. He's t- talking to J. Iris. J. Iris said, my daughter's about to die. Would you come pray for her? Jesus said, yes. Jesus is walking from point A to B just to go to J. Iris' house. This woman, she sneaks up behind the crowd. And the Bible says he was being thronged because in Bible days, in that culture, they thought if I can touch the man of God, I'll receive some kind of blessing. So everybody's trying to touch him. And she forces her way through. Can you imagine dealing with what she's dealing with as weak as she is? She reaches forward. She touches his clothes. The Bible says immediately power went out of Jesus and into her. Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? And the disciples said, you've been in the sun too long, Jesus. Hundreds of people are touching you. Why would you stop now and say, who's touching me? What's going on, Jesus? And Jesus said, no, guys, somebody touched me. And he turned around and he looked and she bowed down before him. And the Bible says she told him everything she did. So the whole story I just told you, she said, I heard about you. I believed you could heal me. I said, if I touch your clothes, I'll be healed. And Jesus made this powerful, famous statement. He said, woman, your faith has made you whole. Think about it. He never prayed for her. She just touched his clothes. He didn't even know. She snuck up on him. And power came out of him. It all began with her seeing it. Next week, we'll talk about the connections. We're going to have a blast next week. Somebody was sitting here saying, Pastor Joe, I've had so many faith failures. I don't, I don't, listen, listen, lesson four is going to be, it's incredible. We're going to talk about those faith failures and we're going to, we're going to bring all of us to another level. But today we just want to talk about believing is seeing. Listen, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about what you're seeing. And my, my heart here is to just open our eyes up a little bit further in these areas. And whether we know them or not, I'm telling you, as I prepared this lesson, God opened up my eyes further. It's amazing how he does things in layers in all of our lives. Here's my first question. What are you seeing concerning your finances? Some of you are really stable financially. But I still want to ask you, what are you seeing? Do you see God as a God that can bless you above your abilities? Some of you are struggling financially. Some of you are in the middle, and I want to ask you, what are you seeing concerning your finances? Because God wants to help us in the area of our finances, fixed income, bustling income. God wants to help us. And here's a scripture I, I, want, to, I want to just give you for this week to read and to think about, to open up these inner eyes, because... It's evidence in here when we begin to see it. Philippians 4.19 declares, you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. Translated, Jesus paid for these things on the cross. They're paid for. He paid and he blessed you through his death, burial, and resurrection. And Paul is saying, man, those things that he did can come into your life and supersede your situation. And so they just gave an offering to Paul, and Paul's thanking them. But in thanking them, he's saying this. Listen, guys, and here's what I want you to see out of this. God's generosity exceeds ours. No matter how generous you are, 
Do you see God as being more generous than you are? Because God is more generous than you are. God wants to bless your finances. And until you can see it down here, he's not going to be able to get it to you. There has to be a connection. You have to see it, and then you have to make this connection. But God is a generous God who wants to bless every single one of us. Here's my next question. What are you seeing concerning your freedom? You know, after we accept Christ, it's an amazing thing. But all of us have these invisible chains that try to hold us down, don't we? They may have be chains of anxiety, chains of fear, chains of addiction, chains of sin of one sort or another. You can't see them with these eyes, but they, 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 have, us, they have us locked down. And, and what do you see in those areas? How do you see it? What do you see concerning your freedom? Do you believe you're free? Do you believe you can be free? What do you see? Here's a scripture that's absolutely miraculous. This is Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has appointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to announce that captives shall be released. Now, he's announcing it there after he died and he was buried and raised from death. Captives are released. No matter what we're captive in, we've been released. He goes on and says, And that the blind shall see that the downtrodden shall be freed. I love hearing the word freed. What are you seeing concerning your freedom? He goes on and says, from their oppressors, verse 19, and that God is ready to give blessings to, to all who come to him. What are you seeing concerning your freedom? Do you see God as the God who has a blessing, a blessing of freedom that he wants to bring into your life? Whatever you're dealing with, God is the God that's already set you free. And we have to see it here before we can pull it in and experience it with these eyes. But I just want to give you some hope. I want to open up our eyes. God has set us free. And I want you to see that more clearly than ever. Here's my next question. What are you seeing concerning your health? You know, some of you are struggling physically in a, in a very serious way. What are you seeing concerning your health? Do you, do you have hope? Do you have hope that God can help? I'm not talking about you and I not going to doctors. I'm not talking about us not taking medicine. I'm not talking about mind over matter again. But I am talking about a God who really, really wants to help us physically. Sometimes people are immediately healed, like that woman we read about today. But sometimes it's just God giving us supernatural recovery. God supernaturally making sure the surgery goes perfect. God helping us at whatever level we can receive that help. But I'm asking the question, what are you seeing concerning your health? I want to bring just a little more hope. Listen to Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his acts of kindness. One translation said, says all of his benefits. Verse 3, he forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. And from cover to cover in the Bible, there's a promise that's made that God wants to help us physically. Are you seeing the God that wants to heal and wants to bring freedom into your life? You know, Thursday when this knee buckled and I couldn't walk, I went to bed Thursday night knowing Friday I'm going to the doctor's and I was up a lot. And guess what I did a lot Friday night? I prayed a lot. How many of you pray more when you have a problem, right? But I'm like praying like crazy and 
I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, and I'm laying my hands on my knees, and I'm saying, I thank you, Lord, that Jesus took stripes on his back, and I'm just speaking supernatural recovery, not denying reality, but speaking the truth, speaking what I see in these eyes, and just putting my hand under here and just speaking life, you know, and, and just thanking God, because my mind was telling me, you're going to have to have surgery. You're going to miss all of June. You're not even going to be in church in June, Joe. And, and it's just telling me all these things, you know, and I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to believe God for God to be God. And, and, and boy, all of us need to do that at any level we can connect. And the more we read scriptures like this, God opens up our eyes. Here's one more question. What are you seeing concerning your future? You know, I love the fact that Believers is a generational church. I, I love every generation. I love hanging out in the lobbies. You get out in those lobbies and every generation is, is out there and it's just so incredible. And students, we love you. Junior high, high school, and, and, and college. Some of you are graduating from high school. Some of you are graduating from college. And man, I just want you to know we believe in you. We love you so much. And here you are graduating and it's so easy. We live in a world that has a lot of problems and it's so easy to think, man, I don't have a whole lot of hope for the future. But I want to I say something to you. You have all kinds of hope because you're a child of God. And God has some incredible plans for your life. And for those of you that are, you know, young couples raising a family, man, I want you to have hope. For those of you that are single, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you're single, I want you to have hope. God has plans for you that are amazing. I want you to have hope for your future. For those of you that are middle-aged, I, I, it's hard for me to say, but I'm now middle-aged, right? It sounds funny to say it, but God has hope for us, doesn't he? God has a plan for us. God has a future for us. And for those of you that are retired, 70s, 60s, or 80s, and, and, and 90s, God's not finished with you yet. God has significant things for you to do. And I love this verse of Scripture. Just want to open these eyes up a little further because believing is seen, right? Jeremiah 29, 11 declares, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And every now and then, negative people, negativity spreaders, they'll say, well, Pastor Joe, in context, that's just for the Jewish people back then. God's speaking to the Jews. And what I like to say to them, well, read your New Testament, because God said every promise in the Bible, if you're a Christian, is yes and amen to you. This promise is for us. Now, you know, when we read, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan, of course, we know that's really specific. But any general promise in the Bible, God says it's for you as a Christian. And I want you to look at this. Watch it. Take a look. God says, my plans for you are good and not evil. Do we have bad things happen in our life? Yeah, because we live in a broken world, right? We have an enemy. So yeah, the bad things that happen in your life aren't God. And when you're stuck in a tar pit and you feel like I can't get out, I want you to know God's plans are good and God wants to pull you up out of that baby. And listen to what he says to give you a future and a hope. When we begin to see with these eyes, we realize, you know what? I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what age category I'm in. There is hope and there's a future for me because I'm a child of the living God. How many of you in this room are excited that we serve a God that has made plans? He's planned our life out. He's given us hope. He's made us significant. Can, can we say thank you, God? Can we just take a minute and say thank you, God, for that, man? It's absolutely incredible what God's done for us. 
Here's what we want to do in this series, Believing is Seeing. I want to take us all up to another level as we go through each of these lessons. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Lord, I did my best to bring out this incredible part of the Bible, and I know you spoke to hearts, man. You spoke to us as different scriptures were read and different things were said. And Lord, we thank you that you made us more aware that we have another set of eyes. Lord, I thank you for showing us how to just open these eyes wider and wider. Lord, we thank you that we're able to walk by faith and not just by sight. We thank you, Lord, for growing every single one of us in this area. We thank you, Lord, for opening us opening up our eyes in these four areas we spoke of. And Lord, as we just finish this service in a prayerful way, I thank you for speaking to hearts and ministering life to every one of us in this room, connecting us with you in a deeper way. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I know God's ministering to life to hearts. So as we're in an attitude of prayer, maybe you walked in here and you say, you know what, I'm where Thomas was before he saw Jesus. I need to be one of those that believe now and receive that blessing of eternal life. Listen, Jesus died for your sins. Man, does he love you. God raised him up from the grave, and the Bible declares whoever believes in him will receive eternal life. It's amazing. You can't work your way to God. It's all by the grace of God. It's a free gift. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember a day when I made it personal, when I cried out, when I said, Jesus, I believe in you, I'm going to follow you. Why not make that today? I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church, you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. All great things. But you can do all that and not know Jesus and never go to heaven when you die. I'm asking you, can you remember when you made it real? If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't, but I'm ready today. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else, can we help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins. And I make a decision today to follow Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Savior. I accept you as my Savior. And this day, I will begin to follow you. <laughs> Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen up, listen up. According to the Bible... God just washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. You're on your way to heaven. I mean, when you die, you go up. And uh, you may not have felt a thing, but it happened. You know what else happened? I love this. The Bible teaches that whenever someone accepts Christ, makes that decision like you just did, that all of heaven, including God, they begin to celebrate. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.